0: From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast.
1: It's Wednesday, July
2: 24th, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, welcome... Tyler Daswick, Thank you so much. <gasps> Dazzle do it. Dazzle do it. Over there on the ones it. and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother Chandler Strang. Look On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And all the way from Toronto, Canada, this yes. week, author, speaker, podcaster, our newest cast member, Annie F. Downs. Hello,
3: gents. Good
2: morning. Why are you in Toronto?
3: I am in Toronto because I had a speak... This is the most fun part of my job. I had a speaking event... I spoke at a church on Sunday morning in Philadelphia, and then I speak again on Wednesday in Philadelphia. And my friends who are in the Wicked musical, the one that travels um, around the country, are in Toronto. And so I flew from Philly to Toronto for two days, and then I'll fly back down to Philly and speak, and then I'll go home.
1: Just jet Toronto
2: set. is like the New York of Canada.
3: Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. It's beautiful. Have you guys been here before? It's so pretty. Yeah, it's
2: amazing. It's actually a fantastic city. I was going to yes. say, I, I hear it's
0: super underappreciated. Yeah. A lot of great things, but
4: Canada. I'm not allowed to go to Canada. I, I, that's a self-imposed <laughs> rule. No Canada for me. No, I've just made the decision. The most impressive
2: thing to me about Canada is how cosmopolitan and global Toronto is. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and the arts and, and culture aspect oh, no of Toronto is incredible. Like, like yeah. it doesn't surprise me that you're going up there to see a Broadway show because right. Toronto's, like, I would say a global yeah. Broadway and theater yeah. type. Oh, I didn't yeah, know they have, yeah, they
3: have had, like, a seven-week stay here, the Wicked show has. Wow. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, and that's it, incredible. Just because they so. couldn't
2: get out of the airport, their flights kept getting canceled.
3: So I said, let's do the show again.
0: <laughs> Jesse, what's, uh, what's what's like, the key uh, deterrent for you from Canada?
4: uh mainly it's, it's the question. border with the united states of america i try to stay within those bounds and uh you know it's called patriotism so here's the my deal.
2: jesse over the years has maligned the fine people of canada so much and i i'm probably guilty as well uh from time yeah. to time uh it's all in love but the
4: the mounties don't have a sense of humor right so jesse oh, no, yeah, jesse's exactly. persona non grata up north. Yeah, um, it's it's one of the several countries where it's just they've asked that I just not come.
2: this place just kindly because they're very kind people. And so they don't force you to not come.
4: They just ask you politely, please don't come. I will say this. I've had Canadian mountain Mounties passive aggressively threaten me many times. It's very threatening, though, but it's in a very passive aggressive nice way. So I don't want to push my I, here's a lesson I've learned long ago. That's yeah. yeah. It, it's not not to not to test the mounty. Like that's just a. It's a rule to. It's one of my rules to life. No testing mounties. You know. <laughs> my favorite thing about the country,
2: though, and in, in general, I mean, if you go out west and Vancouver, it's just so gorgeous. And obviously, uh Alberta and just, I mean, just it's such a gorgeous country. My favorite thing is like it has the reputation that Canadians are super nice, right? Yeah, they're and so it, nice. And yeah, they really truly are to the level that when like their city buses if one's broken down or is like off duty, the sign on the front of it, the led says, just says, sorry, just says, sorry. Just, the buses apologize. It's so nice up
4: there. It's nice. people. It
3: is. Everybody has been so kind. I mean, like, yeah, I, I have, I've really enjoyed it for the first 24 hours.
4: Do you do you ever do you because I feel like if I would go and I don't feel like I'm not. So this is. Yeah.
3: Yeah. If. Yeah.
4: Hypothetically, if the ban was lifted. Right. And, you know, the the, (laughs) The request diplomats diplomats did some bargaining on my behavior and they welcome me to the great nation of Canada. I feel like I feel like I'm not like a not nice person, but I would be very tempted to take advantage of all the niceness, you know, like I would be I would I would be like, you know, I forgot my wallet, so I don't know if I can pay. And they'd be too embarrassed. They'd be like, oh, he's a visitor. Let him go. I would just I would just take advantage of the niceness until people get very not nice. And that would be my strategy for Canada. Your strategy. That's
3: probably why they don't let you in, Jesse. They can sniff people like you out from yeah. a lot of miles away.
4: Yeah. <laughs> hey, we have a great show in store
2: for you today. Coming up later, we talk to uh, Lisa Gunger, the the better half of Gunger.
4: Is that what we're calling her now? <laughs> I think yeah, but, I think there's yeah, I think that's universally accepted. Yeah, I, just, that's uh, just, I think I think Michael would yeah, say Yeah, that's that, what I'm so. saying. Uh, we're friends with the Gungers and uh,
2: Lisa has a great new book out. We talked to her in the new issue of Relevant and we're going to bring you some of that
4: conversation here on the show today. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's one thing we need to address. I was worried after last week's show. We got a lot of feedback, by the way, last week's, last week's two shows. Tra- uh, okay. So, 100. so you're talking about the
2: Wednesday episode with Corey Asbury. Or are you referring to the Friday episode with Bob Earnham?
4: Yeah. Bob, Bob, oh Bob my Roberts. gosh, that
3: had made me laugh so Bo much, Burnham, So, learn learn the learn so we,
4: we, had, we had a couple <laughs> big moments uh, last week. Uh, Eddie said his, you know, he announced he was moving. Um, and we now, had now, Bob let's Earnham. clarify, let's clarify, because <laughs> Twitter is like doing RIP type posts about Eddie
2: and he is not totally. dead nor leaving yeah. the show. He's yeah. just physically moving locations. And you know, it's amazing with the wonders of technology. We have people in Virginia, people in Canada, mm-hmm. and people
3: could it, this is an international pe- show. Could this be
2: on the show from Gainesville, Florida as well. So and Eddie, yeah. Eddie's <laughs> gonna be back in Orlando about once a month. I don't know, um, man. Seems like yeah. a reach. The <laughs> the plan the plan is for Eddie to be in the regular rotation of the show still. So all yeah. of you who are like in sackcloth and ashes and mourning the loss of Eddie Koffolds, it's, it's a little premature. He's still in the yeah. mix. He's just yeah.
4: gonna you know, be doing some other she stuff has, too. T- to our knowledge, he's still alive yeah. at, at the moment that we're recording. Right. And, and there's a little lot of weird alligators. We're
3: all still here, you guys. We're all yeah. still here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: But but I'll say this. So we got yeah. some feedback about that. We got some feedback about Bob and People really love that. And then we <laughs> talked, we also had an interview with uh, worship leader Corey Asbury, known for the song, among other things, known for the song Reckless Love. And well, now he's known for two the things. interview. Reckless Love.
3: And his and, black card.
4: And we we were we revealed that uh, he recently paid a corporate event for Chick Fil A, and in lieu of taking an honorarium, like a payment for the performance, he requested that they give him uh, the the semi mythical Chick Fil A black card, which gives him free Chick Fil A for life. I was concerned when we revealed this fact because it really overshadowed said, well, a lot of he the said interview. And he said it to you like he said it to you off the record. He was was just kind of
2: talked in after the interview. Oh, by the way, you know, it just came yeah. up and you outed him on a very public platform
4: <laughs> That's right, and and but I knew I, I almost said, you know, Chandler, take that out. I was like, no, what? a horse has left the barn. I'm a journalist; nothing is off the record. Anything that a friend tells me personally, and I've had them I've had a lot of friends confess some deep, dark sins. Doesn't matter, you just share if that friend. If that friend gets famous, the first thing I'm doing is unveiling their deep, dark secret. I'm a journalist, people. I'm a journalist. Person, you know who you're talking uh, to. That's what You're being saying, second. yeah, they know who they're talking to. I, yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah, right. that's a, a right. decent human being far down the ladder journalist <laughs> at the top. So I unveiled this interesting tidbit about, about him. And I was concerned because now in my mind, he's going to be taking advantage of, you know, it's like when, it's like when a, a, a college superstar gets picked in the draft and all of a sudden family starts coming out of the right. woodwork and wanting to work for him or need money or something. No, you know? every, we, we've seen, we've seen that a million every times.
2: Every time now he's pl- touring, playing a show, everybody's going to know everybody's that in his know. wallet is a Chick-fil-A black card. Right. Hey, lunch is on you, Corey. I mean, for the rest <laughs> right. of
1: his life.
4: Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he. We've made every. He's gonna have to like sneak away to lunch, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, th- like having a Chick fil A black card that enables you to get all the free meals you want that legitimately puts personal relationships at risk. Because if they're like, "Hey guys, where are we going to lunch today?" and everyone kind of looks at Corey and he's like, "I was kind of feeling Moe's today. We got <laughs> like, like a, a burrito bowl or something." They're like, Corey, okay, we see what's happening here. You just, you know. You're, you're, are you too good for us, man? You're too good for us. So I was worried about this scenario play now and think we may have burned a bridge right. with him. But Annie, you actually got personal text messages from Corey I did. following the release of the show. Can you tell us, uh, what I don't want to reveal too soon, but tell us what, one, will Corey Asbury ever join us again? And two, what well, did he think of no, us but even outing Before him? that, one, what
2: did he hear the show? Uh, because a lot of our guests, might fast forward to their segment, you know, and and, and mm-hmm. that was the, kind of my hope is that Corey would <laughs> fast forward <laughs> to, to his it. segment <laughs> and miss all of our other stuff, and then go, "Hey, great episode! Thanks for having me on!" and tweet it out, right? <laughs> Completely oblivious <laughs> to the ninety percent of the content. But uh, did he hear all of it? That's my main question. The irony is, he was pouring his heart out in that interview. It was a great interview. It go was so great. To it. Like it was like there was two types of comments about the show. One was. <laughs> Man, the Corey Asbury interview—I'm like bawling my eyes out. How moving! And then also, I need to meet Corey because I'm, I'm in the mood for some Chick Fil A.
3: Okay, so I will answer your questions. He texted me while he was listening to the show, okay. so he listened to the whole show.
1: Oh, okay, all right.
3: And he th- he thought it was hysterical, and also he said he said, "Don't you y'all don't need to underestimate this? I have a family of five." And he was like, this, I made the right choice. Trust me, I okay. made the right yeah. choice.
4: Okay. Be- beca- because the thing is, Cameron did some back of the napkin math <laughs> yeah. during the right. show. And was <laughs> trying I to calculate what his estimated honorarium would be yeah. and how long it would take to regularly eat Chick fil A yes. right. to make up for a hypothetical yeah. honorarium. And we were saying over a decade, but we weren't counting the family of five scenario right. at that he point. He said,
3: yeah. you're talking $30 a pop three times a week at least. Three times. Wow. That's a lot of fried
4: is- chicken
5: you're lot.
2: giving your kids
3: or grilled chicken or salad oh that's
2: true that's true okay
3: there's, op- yeah. there's options there's more than one thing what kid Dude, wants I, to get the so, kids meal
2: with the grilled so nuggets yes, I though. think
3: I think Corey being on the show again is a very high probability because he laughed a lot he really I mean we talked for a long time about how much he enjoyed yeah. the show and how funny he thought it was and I didn't even ask if the black card was real. He volunteered that because yeah. on my list, journalism is way lower than being a decent human being. Jesse. <laughs> so I wouldn't have led with that. And, uh, but that is, he, he liked it. We're in, he's part of the family now. Okay.
2: Well then I think we need to have him on the show. I mean, like yeah. maybe oh, even man, we should maybe even like, next week or the week after. Let's have him on. Yeah. Let's just have, just have him on. Let's, like, not as a segment guest. Let's just have him on. Let's, let's, have, let's have him
4: sit in the co-pilot seat yeah, for let, Let's
2: have him come to the studio. Let's tape, you know, up until about lunchtime and then let's just see what happens then,
3: hey I feel like copilot is a little generous let's give him like the stewardess of first class kind of level not, okay. not copilot is
4: there
6: a Chick-fil-a yeah. themed game that we could put together by that point yes, oh, yeah. yes there is yeah. okay here's what we're gonna do we're gonna reach
4: out to Corey we're gonna reach out to Corey mark your calendars tell your friends to subscribe we're gonna reach out to Corey we're gonna have him sit in on an episode and we're gonna play a Chick-fil-a game live and it's gonna be fantastic if you want to be involved I'm gonna go ahead and get the get the, the I think we need a listener in on it too so so if you want to be out oh, in the Chick-fil-A that's a game, great
3: idea. I mean,
4: if you consider yourself like a master of Chick-fil-A, and I don't know what that entails, <laughs> there, <laughs> like, the menu is very small. There's very little of master, <laughs> but either way. You if you consider yourself someone who knows Chick-fil-A well, DM us at relevant podcast on Twitter. And maybe you can play a game of Corey Asbury if he if he after hearing this that wants to be on. I'm him.
3: sure he does. I mean, I'm telling you all he is. He's one of the funniest. <laughs> he's he's so in and he loved it. So see, good, and, he good. I'm the, OK. S-
2: I got to ask context. How do you know him
3: Um, from he was on my podcast and we we're friends. Okay. All right. So, so, and,
2: and so he, you are saying from your own observation, he is funny, like not just cause he had a good sense of humor about the jokes oh, no, we no, were no! Cracking. In
3: our friendship, in our life, I find him to be incredibly fun. He is one of my funniest real life friends.
4: Hmm. Yeah. See, that's interesting that you're friends with people after you interview them. Most of mine, I never hear from again. It might be because my interview style (laughs) involves the final question, which is, what is your secret sin, sir or ma'am?
3: Well, Uh it's because you always mix up the sir or ma'am. That's what offends them. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I I blackmail them with that information. So generally, they don't reach back out after. But, you know. (laughs) I
2: have a file. I, I, I had a Corey Asbury. I, I thought of Corey this weekend uh, here in Orlando. There was a Jesus Culture Kim Walker Smith tour, and the opening uh, artist was one of the Bethel artists. And Corey's of the Bethel music world, right? And yeah. Reckless Loves in that in that uh, lexicon or ca- catalog, I guess. And uh, and the guy I, I hadn't heard this worship leader before, and he was doing his own stuff or whatever. And then about and it was like new music, and the crowd wasn't really participating. And then um, about halfway through, the chord, the opening chord of Reckless Love plays, mm. the crowd goes mm. nuts, get the pop, and he's Brailing. like, yeah, yeah. And the, I mean, hands up, everybody's all in. Like we've been waiting for this moment. Oh, Reckless Love, and I I guarantee you, everybody there thought that this guy was the writer. I'm go I'm going people, yeah. this is a counterfeit. This is not Corey Asbury. <laughs> this is a cover. Like this is a cover yeah. song. This guy milked Corey's cover like like yeah, like it was on- his own. He was like doing his
4: own stuff. And, and then I was throwing Chick-fil-A sandwiches just wildly into the <laughs> worshipers. And just you know? launching
1: them. It was just
2: some Bethel guy. And I'm going, wait, is that okay? You're doing your own stuff. You, you throw a little Reckless Love in there and go back to your own stuff and make it seem like Reckless Love is your song. I'm
3: not okay well, with that." Well, did this. he say it was Terminal. a song though, Cameron? He didn't or can say he just anything. Sing? I mean, in Bethel world, they just all sing each other's stuff all the time. Okay,
2: well, he did point out his new stuff. Like, this is my stuff, my stuff. <laughs> I just wrote this. The crowd's kind of like, doesn't know it. So they're not really into it. And then Reckless Love, we're all in. Right. And then he kind of veered back toward his own stuff that nobody knew. And that's what I'm saying. He's like, it kind of... Kind of glossed over. Yeah, he kind of just let the label just... Yeah, it's because
4: in fairness, in fairness, I heard about this. He said it like this. Ladies and gentlemen, I've written a lot of new beautiful songs. This "This one's by Corey Ashford. It's called Reckless Love. And then, you know, I could see how there was confusion. I could see how there was confusion. Who loves Chick-fil-A? Who loves Jesus? Yeah.
3: I have a real-time update. Is everyone ready?
2: Yeah, please. Corey's in.
3: I texted him and said, come co-host with us. And he said, I'd love it.
2: Well, there you go.
3: He's in, yeah, so y'all is. just take it from there.
2: Now, now right. Jesse, in your mind, is this Chick-fil-A game that you're concocting, does it have mm-hmm. like that Double Dare
4: physical challenge element to it? It should. It, it should involve... Because I feel like, here's the thing, like if Corey's eating there three times a week, he right. probably has like an incredible physical capability of eating nuggets. <laughs> I want to... I'm You're I talking, think it you're it's talking like a hot dog
2: championship type stamina for, for Chick-fil-A yeah. nuggets. So yeah. yours, we should yeah. get some platters he, he, and just have uh, him. Hey, in the we studio. got a dazz right like here. Why can't we
3: make David. dazz do it? <laughs> dazzle
4: do it. We're veering toward a new dazzle do it. I have a dazzle do it idea that's going to come up later in this podcast. So in case you missed <gasps> it, I want to hear your willingness um, uh, because it takes good. your pop culture prowess. Yes. So, so real quick, if you don't know, if 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 listeners. Uh, you know, our familiar Daz. If you've read any of the pop culture stuff, including uh, some really great profiles in the mag, the last couple issues of the magazine, Charlemagne the God, Ethan Hawke, uh, an upcoming uh, one that you'll read. You know, he's our pop culture guru. I have a pop culture dazzle do. that I want to mention a little bit later in this show? Oh wow! All right. Can exciting. we double down
3: on our dazzle do it and get him to eat a lot of nuggets too? I really miss making Daz <laughs> eat stuff. <laughs> I,
4: I don't we'll know. I, I don't
2: know how willing he is to do the the eating challenges in more, I think the 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 what, and done, I think the, I think the IHOP one burned him on it. Took, took a lot of therapy. I don't, don't
6: understand
4: that. I don't blame yeah. you, at Daz, all.
3: Daz, But nuggets are different, buddy. Nuggets are different. High protein. I, High I'm, protein. I'm, hey,
4: I'm willing to volunteer myself for if it's me oh. and Corey Asbury eating nuggets. Oh, I am down because I don't we have a black card. But I eat there three times we have-
3: a week. <laughs> <laughs> have I ever told you all my dream of making a nugget loaf like monkey bread? Do y'all know monkey bread?
4: No. Yes. Oh gosh. Is it okay. Like- thanks, Daz. Yeah. Is it like? Monkey is- bread? Is- Before you continue, can I just say that's two Canada words thing. that should never be included in the when I'm looking at an entree for dinner? One is monkey, and the other is loaf. I if any if either of those are involved <laughs> <like>, that's disgusting. <laughs> Keep it away from me.
3: No, no, no. A nugget loaf is awesome. I there's this monkey bread thing you, can make you, you loaf take
4: something, it's disgusting. No, Jesse, wait,
3: listen. You tear up <laughs> raw biscuit and you mix it up with cinnamon sugar and you bake it like a cinnamon roll, but you bake it in a bundt pan. And so you just pull off the little pieces. So my cousins and I have this dream because one of them works at, two of them work at Chick-fil-A's. We have this dream of doing that with nuggets where we put nuggets in a, like a bundt pan or a like loaf pan and drizzle sauce on it. And then you like serve it at a meal, like one piece. And then people... People just pick off the nuggets that they want. A loaf. I'm, t- I'm tired.
4: I'm tired of people loafing things that aren't naturally loafed. I'm talking. <laughs> no, I'm this is a great idea. It. I'm talking. It's about. like
3: how they another way to present the nuggets instead of just the tray for parties. Chick fil A can start selling loaves, and you get to pick so, your sauce. Some are Polynesian, some are barbecue. And you buy a loaf of nuggets instead of a party tray. <laughs>
4: You, you know just, what's great a, about the party, is party tray is you can eat one or two. You know what's bad about the loaf idea is you're sitting uh, there eating, walking around a party with a giant loaf in front of you. No, no, you just...
2: <laughs> what? There, there really isn't much to the loaf line. I mean, you got your meatloaf. What other kind of loafs are there for you to have such a strong opinion and
4: aversion to loafing? Well,
3: when does Jesse ever need a reason to have an opinion, Cameron? <laughs> Cameron,
4: <laughs> name one other food you want to... You, let me. This is r- real talk. Okay. Name, and and this will put my theory to rest. Name one other food... That you would want to eat in loaf form. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What's this monkey loaf thing? Is that the cinnamon
3: monkey thing you're talking
2: about? Okay. Or monkey oh, bread. I'll
3: make it when I'm next time I'm down there, I'll make some and we'll have it. And people know, people know. I mean, everybody knows, but y'all it's so good. It's like little pieces of cinnamon roll, but you in there, but it's like a, a fourth of a biscuit. Right. So it's about, it's a hand size, a little bit smaller in your hand. And it's covered in cinnamon sugar and melted like butter and stuff. Dad, say what you're feeling. I can see it. What do you good. Feeling?
0: It's like a pull apart situation.
2: So it sits at yeah. the center and center of the table and you just. Off a
3: piece.
0: So
2: you just all kind of just shove
4: your hands into it and just kind yeah, of root yeah, yeah. around. Well, you yeah. use a fork your if your you're out. a human,
3: but yeah, that's that's how it works. You just pull off little pieces. No,
4: I don't do family style. I hate family style. Like when the we, we, like, there's nothing worse to me than going to a family style re, restaurant. It just makes it awkward for everyone because everyone's judging everyone else's portion. Like, oh, you're taking taking that big a scoop of mac and cheese. Okay, <laughs> I see, I see. It just there's no point. Just everyone order what you want. Like we like they have. Menus with like a thousand things on them. Just order what you want. Don't order for the table. I'm good. I'm I'm capable of ordering my own. Family (laughs) style is ridiculous. So is loafing and so is monkey stuff. What do you feel about Tapas? I mean Tapas is shareable, but it's not not about like huge portions. Tapas
3: is the worst. They're so tiny. It's so stupid.
4: You know what I call Tapas? Yeah. I'm swinging by I'm swinging by Wendy's on the way home. Every time I go by Tapas, I spent like fifty bucks because I, like, I just keep ordering because my yes. hunger is even dented. They're just teasing my appetite yeah, with these right. tiny these tiny portions, and every time I'm like, I'm getting like two junior bacon cheeseburgers because I am famished. Like I'm gonna pass out here. I
0: don't know. I, yeah. I like the adventure of Tapas. I like being able to try different stuff that you can kind of go more toward the exotic part right. of the menu. You're only
2: committed to like two bites. Right. Yeah. Exactly.
4: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm in on tapas. It's a hard part. I, I
2: have to be careful when I ask friends if they want to go eat tapas. Cause I say like, do you want to go to a tapas restaurant? And they're like a what? You know, like, yeah. Cause it, maybe it's my enunciation.
4: It but does it just sound like a bad I, restaurant. Yeah, it, that's an easy mistake to make. Um, those kind of restaurants I don't go to either for, for other reasons. But, uh,
1: I, I once told, uh, a
2: friend asked me why I don't eat mushrooms. and I said, well, I don't want anything. I don't want to eat anything that grows on a damn plog.
4: And they said, what's a plog? Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Stay away from plog stuff. You know, <laughs> you should have just leaned into it and just acted Remember like you're really, yeah, you don't eat, you know, you don't know mushrooms growing plogs.
3: <laughs> <But common knowledge, laughs> those plogs. Wait, is that really a <laughs> reason for not eating mushrooms, Cameron? That's so dumb. What are you talking about?
2: If it can grow in the woods in the shade because it's like mildew just
3: spawning, Yeah, I don't want to eat it. Mushrooms are not. Oh, gosh, I can't with this. Y'all need to be eating your vegetables. I don't have time for this. We'll make a mushroom (laughs) loaf next time, too, and you'll love it. I don't mind. I
4: I like to eat things where when I look at it, I don't know what it originally looked like. Like a chicken nugget. Like, I, I don't know what that chicken looked like, and I don't care. Like, same with like, I can look at like a piece of pizza. I don't know what any of those ingredients originally look like. That, to me, shows someone actually prepared this, and I'm not like a rabbit eating like leaves. I'm a human being.
1: I'm a, so I'm the a human less being you recognize
3: the food, the better it is to you. That's the right. less you, you recognize this, the ingredients in their original form.
4: Pack it up, fry it, preserve it, put, whatever.
2: Put it, put it in pocket form, and he's good. That
3: w- that's, see, here's where you're such a conundrum, because that is actually why a loaf life would be a dream for you.
2: Oh, that's true. If you like Hot Pockets... It's just loafs are big, big, bigger Well, who bigger doesn't pockets. like Hot Pockets? Hot
4: I like, my, I like my ingredients separate is the thing. I don't like it oh. when you just stir it all up and bake it and loaf it. Like, a Hot <gasps> Pocket's great because I cut it open and the sauce and cheeses or, or meatballs or whatever kind of exotic hot pot you think. I know, I know exactly <laughs> what I'm eating. Same thing yeah. with a pizza. If you yeah. just took, it's like a loaf is like taking a slight, a pizza and slamming it in the blender and then cooking the blended pizza. It's disgusting like there's no point no. in that. It's almost like it's pre-digested for you. Exactly. Exactly. Rose. Thank you. Y'all Perfect. You're not talking about I You're have talking stomach. about soup. Y'all Y'all are are the, doing I the so And by the way, I have the stomach of a billy goat. It has, <gasps> he, it has consumed so much horrid things that it can literally it's literally capable of standing anything. It's like the stomach of like a feral dog. Like give me oh anything and I'll be fine.
2: Hey, uh, move the show along. It's time for our weekly look back at what what happened in culture and entertainment. It's time for... In
1: case you missed it.
2: Hey, in case you missed it, uh, this week, NBA superstar Steph Curry announced he's going to start making Christian-leaning films. Uh, Not Christian films. Christian-leaning films. His production company, Unanimous Media, has inked a new deal, deal with Sony for a series of films, some of which are for faith audiences. In addition to some inspirational family-friendly sports movies, his company is working on an animated Bible movie, a film centered on the Christmas and Easter holidays, and a movie called Church Hoppers, a comedy in the vein of Wedding Crashers, in which a group (gasps) of guys uh, helped their friend navigate the dating scene at a series of churches. Mm -hmm. Oh,
3: that sounds so funny to me.
2: Steph uh, told Variety, "It's not about me hitting people over the head with a Bible and telling them they have to believe a certain thing or think a certain way. I don't mind being called corny. I'm comfortable with who I am. There you go. I, I mean, it seems like the market for church hoppers would be pretty narrow. But I feel like that sounds like I, really? a Tyler Perry movie or something like that.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah those, those movies that, kill. Is, it. Those movies kill. Yeah, why it. does yeah. that feel more narrow to you than Wedding Crashers? Because it's Christian and church.
2: Well, yeah, literally everybody can relate to a wedding." And the and, and experience of a wedding, not that many people can relate to church hopping, I mean, yeah. yeah, but I mean, relatively. doesn't this fit in
3: the same vein as God's not dead of like, yeah, no one's going to watch this because that market's so small. And then everybody who ever well, has walked to a church. No, this? no, no.
2: Because God's not dead is like just general faith audiences, church hoppers, guys helping their buddy date at a series of churches is a narrow sliver of yeah. the faith community. Right. I mean, the faith experience. I mean, everybody's
3: been there, though. Now, I'm, I'm we're going to I don't think my parents have into this war. Well, I don't uh, think my
6: is, parents is, have. Well, it seems more like a rom-com. I than. Think, I think our dad might go see that.
3: If there's, yeah. sure. if there's some slapstick, if there's some slapstick, I think that's a burn. Yeah. I think that's a burn, and I think y'all are wrong. I think it's going to be. That sounds so funny to me. Well, well, well I don't
4: th- know. Th- this got me so kind sorry. of thinking about a dazzle do it challenge because I feel like a lot of these Christian movies have gotten <laughs> oh, please, sort of a, bad a dating rap. challenge.
1: Please, a oh, no. no
4: oh, <laughs> well, that could be one too. But I feel like a lot of these movies. I think. We are overdue for daz uh, binge watching the Pure Flix catalog. Okay. Cuz they re- they released tons <laughs> of movies. Some of them are like straight um, to streaming. Man. And then yeah. him ha- come on and rank them for. I
2: want us. I want a full review of their soap opera of the Pure Flix soap what, opera. What's the what's Is the soap out? opera? No?
4: I don't know. It was called like It's called Hilton Head Island.
3: Oh, it's about Hilton Head. That sounds Head? like a it's that a,
2: sounds like a murder mystery. It's a Christian soap opera by Pure Flix. Are
4: people murdering? it on right on it? now?
3: Can you watch it now? Yeah, I think so
4: I think have if a, you have a PureFlix subscription, oh. that, that's the key. You have to have a. Pure Flix subscription.
3: Can I borrow yours, Chandler? Can I borrow your login? Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll
1: send you my login.
2: Thanks. My parents gave it to him for Christmas every year. His uh, Pureflix.
4: <laughs> yeah. I, okay. So, so his. Should we have Daz binge watch Hilton Head Island, the the soap opera, or should we have him binge watch their greatest hit movies and rank them for us?
2: Oh yeah, top top ten Pure Flix films of all time is oh, a uh, Dad, listicle. That's so we much have dad's to Daz's
3: time.
0: Now, now, okay. So I I didn't I didn't I didn't grow up in this in this world favorite. Or movies or well, this stuff is all new,
2: man. I mean, th- this is in the last five years, this is, 10 years. Of oh, this, yeah. yeah, this is a new phenomenon in the Christian subculture.
3: It's almost better that you haven't, guys. Th-
2: this is. Post Netflix, like they're, they're go at
6: yeah. having like oh a, got it, got, got it. So they got some they got ask. some Pureflix originals, but uh, that's on. all of these.
0: Oh, or Pure yeah. Flix originals. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, they, it's not like you can you can uh, well, like what's that classic one you guys talk about? A thief in the night.
2: Oh no, that's this from the seventies. No, those no, no, didn't no. make like, any money. They on, just scared, that's not on Pure Flix? No, they just scared Christian children about the rapture. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Pureflix are the, the God's Not Dead trilogy, um, uh, trilogy. like fireproof. Jeez. I oh, think the one about God's Not Dead
2: one. Because he's not dead. God's not dead, two. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Just a reminder. Electric Boogaloo. Uh, God's not dead, three. What was God's not dead, three? Judgment
4: Day. Nope.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Man, someone on Twitter did some good ones. I laughed. Oh, like we check
4: TV shows sleeping.
3: Okay, Daz, that's so much of Daz's time to make him watch all those films, and I. Ten I mean, He's a
4: movie critic. He's a movie critic. This is how he spends it, Dad. Don't I you mean- love watching movies? <laughs> he's a student of film. <laughs> yeah, it student looks like- of the game. It looks
6: like Daz's-
3: that
4: uh, soap
6: opera is. Currently released, it's,
3: Daz. This is on you, buddy. Because I tried fall. to make you eat nuggets, and you turned it down. And now you're having to spend the next 70 hours of your life watching movies. Well, <laughs> how, how many how many
0: episodes of the uh, of the of the soap opera do they have going on?
2: Um, well, it's full season, so you're going anywhere between series. six and twenty four. 10, 10, ten episodes. Ten episodes versus ten movies.
3: It and Hilton Head like Island. Listen, I'll. I'm not saying I'm not going to watch the Hilton Head Island series.
2: Yeah, yeah, if N- Annie.
3: You've piqued I mean, my interest. <laughs>
6: <laughs> they have a, another comedy uh, that came out right after called Malibu Dan. Another Malibu Dan. Uh, another, wait, yeah, wait, another, wait, wait. Hold on. What? Genre genre is, is Malibu, Malibu Dan? It just says comedy. Oh wow, wow, wow. It's uh, it's about a co-host of a morning talk show in Malibu.
2: So they also, though, uh, the Pure Flix team also acquires films, like okay, because uh, like for example, uh, Warner. Bros., I mean, we covered it uh, a couple years ago. There was a Hillsong United documentary, like music documentary Uh, that was actually really good. It was by the guy who did the Jay-Z documentary and stuff. It was just, it it was really well done. And um, when they were looking for distribution, Warner Brothers greenlit the project and then ultimately like they had to find other distribution. Pure Flix stepped in, did a very limited theatrical release and then then locked it down on Pure Flix. So nobody saw it, (laughs) which is unfortunate because it was actually a really good film. So they do have other stuff too. You know, okay. other than yeah. their uh,
4: Pure Flix originals, and, and a while but. ago we actually <laughs> <laughs> we actually made a listicle for them and pitched our own soap opera ideas in case they were lo- in case <gasps> the genre is taking off. Can I read a couple? Yeah, please. <clears throat> this is our elevator pitch.
2: I mean, th- this okay. is the the soap opera version of what like Steph is doing with Church Hoppers. You're talking exactly. like we're just pitching soap so, opera ideas to Pure Flix.
4: I, I'm giving this is the elevator pitch for. Christian soap operas that Pure Flix needs to adapt next. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Tyler Huckabee also uh, contributed this. One, this, one's right. called, this one's called The Waiting Game. Purity pledges are put to the test when a synchronous <gasps> ministry outing crash lands on an abandoned tropical island. 20 eligible <laughs> singles, one exotic beach, no ordained a wedding efficient in sight. I would watch. That sounds
0: great. We should make yeah.
4: that a reality show
0: do okay, you see this that one,
3: i'm sorry is that a reality are you saying this is a reality show no, that's, or this a is a scripted,
4: that's a soap opera that's a soap, soap opera this I one's, watch, this,
3: I, i'd watch that I'd watch this that. one's
4: called this one's called days of our Lifeway. days oh. of our life nice. <laughs> oh
3: <laughs> a my. lifeway manager oh,
4: finds his new beautiful single employee secretly reading banned rachel held evans books <laughs> what will he do when forced to decide between oh, his God. conviction and his heart a tale of forbidden <laughs> romance and Forbidden Theology. We have (laughs) dozens of these, and I am letting Pure Flix know that they are all for sale. They are all for sale.
1: Oh
4: my gosh. I'll do one more. I'll do one more. That one's brilliant. This one's called called The Bold in the Bible School. (laughs) <laughs> Torrid tales of dress code violations, curfew breaking and handholding in the Bible Belt's most conservative Baptist seminary. I'm watching these. I'm watching <laughs> these. Pure <laughs> Flix.
1: This guy made. is like the Bible
5: school bad
2: boys. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's so brilliant. Jesse. Unauthorized handholding is a big
4: deal at certain universities. No, I mean, it's a it's, it's a, a spellable offense. It is. It scandal. is scandalous, you know, because, yeah. <laughs> you know, where handholding leads <laughs> T- to sin. Side hugs. Oh, side, side, hugs. side, <laughs> to side, side hugs. Yeah. <laughs> handholding the side hugs.
3: It's a slippery slope then, is what I mean, you're then, saying.
4: You know. Yeah. That's that's just a
3: slippery devil's slip.
4: playground. Yeah.
3: A very slippery. slope. <laughs>
2: hey, in case you missed yeah. it uh, this week, Katy Perry discussed her relationship with God, uppercase G, in a new interview. Uh, the pop singer is fe- featured on the cover of the new issue of Vogue Australia, and and uh, she opened up about her evolving outlook on faith and life. She discusses her uh, recent meeting with Pope Francis and what sparked her to seek a meeting in the first place. Attending mass with her mother, who is raised Catholic, she explained um, it started when we were on the Asia leg of the tour, and I went to mass with my mom. She hadn't sung those songs in forty years. And watching her made me cry. It's so beautiful and humbling to recenter in a place where it's not about anything else, but reconnecting with the divine. Uh, She said this about the Pope. I'm such a big fan of Pope Francis. It's a combination of compassion, humility, sternness, and refusal. He's a rebel, a rebel for Jesus. He's bringing the church back to humility and connecting with people. He's very humble and not frivolous. Um, Katie started her career, uh, you might know, as a Christian singer uh, Katie Hudson that was her name Yeah, back yeah. in the early 2000s yeah. and she, uh, she also said she's spending more time thinking about faith in God my mom has prayed for me my entire life she said uh, hoping I'd come back to God I never left him I was just a little bit secular I was more materialistic and more <laughs> career driven but now that I'm in my 30s it's more about spirituality and heart wholeness there you go um, on her. I mean, uh, that should be our new tagline Relevant Magazine, just a little bit secular
1: Just a little, <laughs> just a little bit secular <laughs> just a little It's a little soap opera
4: It's still a soap opera But, you know
3: <laughs> just a We, 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 we allude to
4: things that never happen it, You know, there's there's very little Sex or intrigue in these soap operas It's just a little
3: secular
1: It's a little secular,
4: secular. <laughs> a little. That's so weird hey,
3: Did y'all ever see Katy Perry when she was Katie Hudson perform? I didn't
2: uh, yeah, I did. I saw her at a Christian Music Festival in like 2001. Oh, she, she was, was yeah. a legit traveling recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she, she was, opened she was for Jeremy big. Camp she, or something, right? She, yeah. she was uh, famously dating Matt Thiessen, the lead singer of Reliant K, for I a know. couple she, of years. Oh my
1: gosh, I she's no in idea. a
4: She's wow. in an old Reliant K music video, I think. Yeah. She's yeah, singing she's background deal. vocals Whoa. on uh, the P.O.D. song, I think it's Youth of a Nation. Uh, no, you know Pod, no. the old uh, dude. She Christian. was that's in that's a crowd of kids. I know it's
0: easily confused, but hey,
2: Katie Hudson was like a big. <laughs> I was in Nashville um, in that era, and she was like a big yeah, deal, like uh, emerging, like the next big Christian pop star as like a seventeen-year-old. Yeah. You know, they were like yeah. signing high school kids to like you know, like the NBA draft. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And so she
2: did it. I mean, she drank the Kool-Aid for like a solid five-year run. And then, you know, her label deal ran out. She kind of went away for a few years
4: and then reemerged as Katy Perry. Wow. On a mainstream yeah. label. Yeah. I think both her, her parents are are ministry. I ha- I kind of have a theory that, her. you know, she talked about in the same interview how it, personally she took like negative reviews of her last album, which... Has by all measures, I mean, I don't think I'm saying anything, you know, that out of line. It has been a critical and commercial failure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, our, you know, when's the last time you've heard you heard like a recent Katy Perry song? Even though she has a new album, it wait, just wait, hasn't wait, been well Was that the one
2: with the and, with the slam the basketball slam song? Yeah, slam a jam yeah. or, or was that swish swish swish? Is that the swish, one? Swish, That's the one with that? the backpack kid yeah.
6: from, on SNL, right? Yep. Yeah. That's it's funny the that the, that the kid dancing with her is the one who got more popular off of her performance than her actual performance. It's true. Man, you know? no true. Kidding. That, that
4: kid's like a thing. His term? flossing cool. dance is everywhere now.
3: Oh, they showed yeah. it last night at the Blue Jays game. It was like on the big screen at the Blue Jays game and I was like, that yeah. kid in the, and I was like, he always has a backpack on. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but but I wonder, I wonder if now because of that, like she will kind of feel more creative freedom to like, look, if I want to make stuff that's more spiritually focused and not kind of like these what I think are going to be edgy pop songs, you, you know, I wonder if it will kind of um, let her e- experiment with more creative and thematic content because she tried to make just like a big pop album in it and it just didn't do anything. Jesse, it's interesting. Well, as you were talking, I
2: just got a new uh, a press release announcing a new film from Pure Flix.
3: Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> no, this is <laughs> crazy. This is crazy timing.
2: <laughs> it's titled A Little Bit Secular. The Katy Perry story. And then look at
3: that. <laughs> <laughs> the Katy Hudson story. <laughs> I would
4: watch that. I would watch right, that. I have about one more? How about one more soap opera pitch real quick? Yeah. This do one's we get to star
3: in any of these, Jesse? Because that's... You can you cast do. them.
4: You can cast okay. them as you like. Okay. This one's called Colorado Springs Eternal. Colorado Dude. Springs Eternal.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Here's the, Here's the elevator pitch. Here's the elevator pitch. Oh, I'm so, okay? happy. I'm
4: so happy. All right, here it is. Here it is. For Colorado Springs Eternal. Don't focus on this family of church-going oil tycoons too hard. You might not like what you find. To be fair, it's a Christian soap opera, so it's nothing really exciting. But still, Colorado Springs Eternal. Church-going oil tycoons. Don't focus on that family.
1: Oh, my goodness. Pure my Flix, call me. Just call
0: me. 10 episodes of ethical business practices.
1: Colorado Springs Eternal.
2: <laughs> There's no conflict. Like, do we tie the straight 10% or do we boost it to 12? That's the big conflict yeah. Yeah. in one of the episodes.
1: Right.
4: Yeah. Oh,
3: yeah.
4: What um, a dream.
3: I'm still stuck on Days of Our Lifeway.
4: <laughs> yeah, about the Lifeway manager and the and the and the single young employee reading Rachel Held books. <laughs> it's a thrill. Yeah. I don't know why after we posted yeah. that that we heard nothing. Dude, from we them. didn't hear nothing. anything I from I think Pure Flix? it was a slap in the face. So this is not like Corey Rachel?
2: Asbury, where we po- where we talk about his black card. We hear from him. You posted deliberately tagging Pure Pureflix. We heard nothing.
4: Can't believe can it. I can I be honest? This is probably has to be taken out. I did hear from our ad team, and they were not happy because they <gasps> had a deal going with them, and that is true. <laughs> oh, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> they literally, I got a chime one day that said, "Thanks a lot for this." <laughs>
1: because
3: <laughs> 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 we talk about them a lot too Oops, i didn't know
4: i didn't know but hey i you know you can't tame the is. beast you can't i you mean can't, you can't you can't cage me yeah yeah i'm sorry yeah. Well, there's more advertisers out there. <laughs> there's other ones yeah but they literally, they were, the, the chime was a link that said, thanks for this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's
2: really funny. Um, hey, in case you missed it, Netflix, not Pure Netflix is making a show about Jesus coming back as a 12-year-old kid. The story comes from comic book legend Mark Miller, the mind behind comic stories that have been adapted into films like Kingsman, um, Avengers, Infinity War, and Logan. It's going to be called American Jesus. And in it, uh, Jesus comes back to earth as a modern day 12-year-old boy. From the original comic description, it says, He can turn water into wine, make the crippled walk, and perhaps even raise the dead. How will he deal with the destiny to lead the world in a conflict thousands of years in the making? Uh, Miller is a Catholic and explained the comic book as reverential in a 2012 interview with Rappler. He said, it's actually very reverential. Like if I write a Spider-Man comic, I want Spider-Man fans to like that comic. If I write a story starring Jesus, I want Christians to like that comic. Sometimes you get stories about religion, mainly to attack religion. It's something that if you're a Christian, you won't be happy about. So the American Jesus comic is something Catholics would like.
0: Yeah, this is cool. That's he's he's a sneaky huge deal. Like he's he he as you say, Infinity did, War. I mean, Logan, Infinity War. I think he was involved in uh, like Captain America and the Civil War series. So this guy's done some yeah. really big comic books. And uh, I think Netflix has this huge deal with him where they're rolling out a bunch of different stuff. So
2: wow,
0: it's cool that this is a part of it. That's
2: yeah, fascinating. Well, that's hey, in case you missed it, the NFL has put its national anthem demonstration ban on hold. The NFL and the NFL Players Association released a joint statement explained that no new rules relating to the anthem would be enforced in the next several weeks to, quote, allow a constructive dialogue to continue. They said, our shared focus will remain on finding a solution to the anthem issue through mutual good faith commitments outside of litigation. The development comes just hours after the AP received a, quote, discipline document created by the Miami Dolphins, saying that players could be suspended up to four games if they protest during the anthem. The document makes uh, them the first NFL team with a policy that could punish its players for kneeling during the anthem. NFL owners approved a policy in May requiring players to stand during the national anthem on the field. The policy also allowed players to stay in the locker room during the anthem. It said that if any player chooses to protest on the sideline, the NFL could fine the team. Players could also be fined by their team specifically per the policy. But it's good that they're continuing the dialogue uh, con- yeah. you know, versus... Uh, the uh, polarizing kind of dialogue that's happening on Twitter right now.
4: I I, I guess my thing is just how uh, like completely tone deaf the NFL is not just to the desire of their players, but also from a public relations standpoint, like this move only came after players from the Dolphins leaked a document that from the team that said, you're going to be fined. And there was such an outrage among fans, you know, that just said, look, this, you know, uh, this doesn't seem like a good solution. That's when they came and released this statement. I do agree. I think it's a positive thing that they're reevaluating and want to keep it outside of court. But honestly, I think if it went to court, you know i i think the players association you know would have uh you know an interesting case on their hands um but the nfl it 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 never ceases to amaze me how they can boggle these ethical pr um situations. You've seen it with a concussion issue. You've seen it with domestic violence. And you, you, now you see it with the the national anthem demonstration. Hopefully this is a chance for them to course correct.
2: I like that you called it the national anthem demonstration. Cause I think the, 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 the dialogue that's missed is that they are not protesting the anthem, you know, yeah, and yeah, right. demonstrating to yeah. raise awareness about, you know, uh, police brutality and, and, and injustice and in especially in minority communities. I mean, that's all it's about.
1: Yeah.
4: yeah. And it's been, and to that effect, it's been effective. You know, I mean, yeah. they, they, they demonstrating during the anthem and by, and, and, you know, by, by taking a knee, which they were told, which, you know, originally Colin Kaepernick was told by a veteran who was involved with, um, not a veteran player, uh, but, but a
2: military veteran.
4: Yeah. Yeah, A military veteran who was involved with veteran issues with the NFL. And he said, listen, if you want to demonstrate to the national anthem, I think you should. But I think it would be the most respectful thing is to take a knee. Like, don't sit on the bench, take a knee. And he said, "Okay, I see where you're coming from. And that's, you know, the the posture a lot of players have chosen to take. Some are linking arms. But when it comes to raising dialogue and awareness about this issue, it's been effective. Like, I don't think you can dispute that we're talking about it and it, it's a constant topic of conversation among people who watch the NFL. So yeah, we'll see how it kind of shakes out as we get closer to the season.
2: It'll be interesting for me. Like the, the the one thing that I, I've seen raised by people, you know, observing the dynamic or what's going on, the conflict is, is like, what's, like, what's the resolution? You know, what, like, at what point? I mean, is this a forever thing? Or, at like, at what point have you accomplished? or seeing what you're wanting to see happen. Like what, yeah, what that's are the concrete? Right. When, when yeah. is,
3: when have you, what's the yeah, finish line yeah. for this? That, so,
2: so yeah. We, yeah. even that's America question, can rally Cameron. around it. Like what, what is yeah. the the objective other than awareness? Yeah. Because, you know, frankly, we're, we live in a fallen world and an unjust world, and there will never be resolution to those injustices completely. Right. So uh, is this a forever thing or is there actually, is it legislation we're advocating for? Is it, you know, a uh, you know, uh, prosecution for, you know, egregious offenders in the public. I, I don't know, you know, what is it that we're actually, you know, yeah,
0: rallying but behind. I, but I think that question exists because the players, and the and the owners and institutions, the NFL, on an institutional level, are going in such clear opposite
3: directions right, right it, now. It. So there is no clear yeah, yeah.
0: destination. And There's I actually no think, clear
3: goal. Yeah, that's good. Right. Yes.
0: Right. And I, and I think it's super impressive though that the players have retained ownership yeah. over it. And even in that Dolphins thing, they send out this internal memo. The players publish it right it. away, yeah. and it's prompted the Dolphins organization. To go back and now reconsider that whole thing.
4: Yeah. So the players and for are the pre-
3: Dolphins organization to be in the yeah. news,
4: can we say? Well, that? But you look <laughs> right. at the difference how the Dolphins handled this
3: unnecessary shade. Yeah. But, but, but you look at how
4: the Dolphins handled this, right? And, and what you know dialogue gets created about the team, which hasn't been positive because it looks like players and owners on the different right. side of the page. And you, you know who would have handled it better? Actual Dolphins. Yeah. They, they, honestly, <laughs> they couldn't have done any worse. <laughs> Uh, but it's like, you know, when, when we had, uh, you know, Sam from, uh, last season on the, the sports podcast, you know, he had George McCaskey, who is essentially, he's the chairman yeah. of the Bears, essentially the owner of the Bears. Tour the country going to prisons with Sam to understand more about uh, systemic issues, about justice reform. And you look at those two examples and you realize some teams get it and some teams just totally don't. And that's what the players, I think, are trying to to fight for.
2: Hey, do you remember what episode that was? It made the news what Sam Acho was talking about, Uh, you know, on the Relevant Sports podcast uh, season one. Um, what
4: episode? Um, I, I'll have to. I I, I too. I'll put it on in the show notes of this page. I'll put a link to it. So because I can't remember off the top okay. of my head, but I'll, I'll put a link to it on that page. But he actually, I, I We had George s- McCaskey come on as a guest. Uh, you know, like yep. I said, the, the essentially the owner of the team. Um, and, and I would, talk about. that. I would highly recommend if you're interested in this dialogue
2: or this conversation to go back and listen to that to hear the perspective of an owner and a player in on the front lines of this thing in the NFL. Um, Sam's a strong Christian and outspoken about justice yeah. issues, and it was fascinating to yeah. hear that. All right. Lastly, in case you missed it, Jane Fonda this week it came out that she refused to take the Lord's name in vain in an episode of Grace and Frankie. Uh, Marta Kaufman, the co-creator of the comedy, uh, was recently a panelist on the Paley C- at the Paley Center for Media's Going Beyond the Numbers event, where she was discussing diversity in Hollywood. And she talked about how the show tries to respect its cast beliefs. Um, she said that Fonda, who is a Christian, um, had them change a line so that her character didn't have to say Jesus Christ in an irreverent way. She explained, we've had little things like Jane didn't feel comfortable saying, honestly, it was Jesus Christ. Jane didn't feel comfortable saying Jesus Christ. Kaufman went on to explain that she is happy to change the dialogue for any of her cast saying when they have an issue, it's not that they are being divas. It's not that they're being self-important. They have a real issue. The fourth season of Grace and Frankie has just been nominated for three Emmys. And it's, you know what I, one of the Emmys they were nominated for is Lack of Jesus Christ. There you go. Oh. Best best non-use
4: of the Lord's name in vain. It's, it was a yeah. competitive category. We had we had. Oh my gosh. We had goodness gracious. Thank goodness. Are you kidding me? Those were the cat- Those were the nominees this year. It was couldn't believe it. Oh my god. A, that fun. joke was a little bit secular. We can cut it if we need. Yeah, to. Yeah, it was a little bit secular. If you, so get get if, say, if you need to distance yourself, if you need to yourself, Cease yourself from that joke, I understand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I right, that'll be different in case missed it. Stay tuned. Up next, Lisa Gunger joins us. I'm
5: draped in the line of with the line. Face it, I'm out of your league. Though I might beside you talk, I ain't trying to get back. and am rolling my way. All in my face, chat with you later. Go find your posse, please. I'm a smooth operator. Know I'm your favorite, but let me enjoy my sweet swapping. me
2: you're listening to The Internet. That's what it sounds like. tongue song is La-di-da from the new album, Hive Mind. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Elderbrook with Sleepwalking. In her new book, The Most Beautiful Thing I've Ever Seen, Lisa Gunger describes her own spiritual journey as she grapples with her daughter's heart condition diagnosis, the death of a friend, her husband walking away from the faith they shared, and a lot more. It's while confronting depression and doubt that Lisa rediscovers her own faith in ways she never imagined possible. We recently spoke with Lisa about her journey and how she has embraced a new kind of faith.
4: You know, One of the interesting things, and I think she talks about this in the book, is that in addition to all these just personal tragedies and challenges that they had in their personal lives, one of the things that uh, was very difficult, especially for Michael early on, was in an interview, he kind of made this an offhanded comment about questioning how literal the creation story was in Genesis, which, uh, you know, it it led to them being ostracized. And churches canceled their appearances, basically said, if if, if they don't believe like we believe, they're not welcome here. And they were really cast out and kind of, um, instead of people wanting to enter into a thoughtful dialogue about an issue we've talked about on the show a number of times, how there's a number of perspectives on, you know, the church really made them pariahs and that kind of mm-hmm. led and to some degree, Michael down this path. And I think, you know, Lisa, you'll hear a lot of awesome stuff in the interview, but I think it also shows like why having a gracious posture towards people who uh, have legitimate questions is so important and not to play these black and white us versus then games because they have real effects on people's faith and lives
0: yeah that story just touches on so many different conflicts and challenges and it was one of my favorite pieces in the new issue no doubt
2: here is lisa gunger
6: Would you mind just giving me sort of a, as, as brief as you can, like a Cliff Notes version of the of the story that you're telling here, of the the big, uh, like the outline, I guess?
5: This book is about perspective. So it's, uh, it's, I talk about how we all learn to see the world through the lens of the tribe we're born into, but mm-hmm. that often stretches as we grow up. And sometimes it breaks completely uh, when tragedy hits. So, um, we're all born like on this metaphorical dot, right? Our hometown or, um, whatever family you're born into or, or little community, um, that you grew up in, you're handed the traditions and the values, the religious and the political views of the people that you're, that are teaching you, uh, whether it's your parents or another caretaker, another family member. And... That's just how that's how we see the world that's for me that was the right way like we were republican conservative christians Mm -hmm. and that was that was right and right and everyone else was wrong (laughs) so um i i i always felt like i was a i was very open i loved the story of jesus all, all growing up and then we went to this really uh, wild like charismatic church and it was like church was exciting and the way of jesus was revolutionary to me and um i had little questions that we weren't allowed really allowed to ask questions um and at the time right. i didn't i didn't see like you just can't see what you can't see so at the time i i, I didn't see and they probably couldn't see how controlling that was and confining
1: yeah.
5: um and so I think when we're not allowed to ask these questions, it creates um, this tension within our faith so that when you finally are able to ask them, and it collapsed for me. Mm-hmm. So for me, I wasn't really asked. I I didn't fully go to the depths, uh, go to the end of my questions until I was uh, started in college and then when I had my first daughter and uh, and then we had a massive crash of faith. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: uh,
5: Michael and I are touring the world and like, our dreams are coming true. I never thought that I would be playing music and singing as a career.
6: And you're having a decent amount of success at the
1: time.
5: Yeah, yeah. It was our career was kind of like taking off. We had a big song that churches knew about. And um, we, have, we were touring um, almost full time and and we were started a church in Denver, Colorado, and so we had become like professional Christians, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a sense, like our whole life was built around this and, and it was wonderful, but as we began to travel more, those questions that we both had from a young age just kept gnawing at us and we, and we really started digging to the bottom of them. And I think the thing that made it so scary is that where we've come from, the, this perspective, this tribe that we were born into, the questions weren't really allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doubt was an opposition of faith. And, and so you're seen as a bad person. I, I felt like I was a bad person for questioning. And so that made this perspective shift really difficult and painful. Um, we ended up getting, like, kind of kicked out of uh, the church, the quote-unquote church, you know, um, for some of the beliefs that we had. And so our career started tanking. And all all around the same time, we have this baby girl. Um, so she's our second daughter, and her name is Lucy. And she is, like, she's wild, and she is, like, a, like this... How to explain? Like Lucy is her name means light. Lucy named for Lucy because it means light. But but she's just like a firecracker. So uh, she's hilarious and she's um, like super extrovert. And she when she was born, we were told she had Down syndrome and two heart defects. So our whole world, my really my whole perspective just. On everything, I know that sounds intense, but, um, it, it all collapsed. Cause I mean, it, we were having a struggle of faith. Michael just about a year, two years previous told me he was an atheist, mm-hmm. which that was a big surprise. <laughs> 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 traveling the world and singing songs about God. And so by the time we have, he, he wasn't an atheist still, yeah. but he, um, but we were still like struggling and we were on different pages with what we believed. So yeah. Yeah. we have a daughter with special needs and we're on different pages uh, with our whole belief system. And so I really didn't know how we were gonna make it. I probably hit rock bottom when I was, someone in my family uh, was battling cancer. They were, they were dying. And on, on, on this level of like very personal family stories, facing crisis in my family and all my whole family praying for him and saying, no, we're just going to believe. And so I get this call one day and my cousin's healed. right? And mm-hmm. I'm like, I, ah, everyone's like rejoicing and, and like, like saying, praise God, praise God, crying. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm the person that's like, God, I want to do that. I want to have that feeling because I, I didn't want to be that cynical person in the family that is wrestling um, with the questions. Why? And so, I just decided to, it it felt like in my heart, it it felt like I tried to just do the blind buy-in again and squash the questions that I had. I'm going to jump back in. I'm back in. And then I got a call and he had, one of my family members had said, oh, well, he's partially healed. I was like, "What? What does that mean?" And I lost my mind. I mean, I lost my mind. I mean, I can laugh at that now, but at the time, I was like weeping, you know, and very, in much suffering, you know, much, much suffering. But that I, on this side of it, like I've come to learn, like that suffering that I was creating. I mean, I think I was, on one hand, I was really. I was suffering with the way I'd been programmed to view the world, and um, I love the—you know—the Buddhists would say suffering is what happens when you want what is in front of you to be different than it is. So we really wrestled through it. I mean, it was just the day in and day out. Okay, we love each other, and we're in this. It really made me question everything, every my the foundation of my life, and what do I believe about love? I mean, love is this whole story that I've bought into about Jesus Christ. And so what do I believe about this? And for us, yeah, that all led up to, for me, it's the climax of this whole thing was Lucy's birth. So this girl, little girl is born into the world that our society says is broken Mm -hmm. and needs to be fixed. And, At the same time, I'm feeling that within myself. Like I'm broken, I need to be fixed because I don't believe like I used to believe. So it was kind of this painful, epic, beautiful, wonderful. It's just like these waves of realization. Oh, she's not broken. She's perfect and beautiful and good and and fearfully and wonderfully made. and, And whoa, so am I, there's nothing to fix about me. Even though this whole system that I've come from is telling me there's something wrong with
2: me. That was Lisa Gunger. Make sure to check out her new book, The Most Beautiful Thing I've Ever Seen, and check out the profile we did with her in the new issue of Relevant.
0: If you could interview God,
1: why do I
6: deserve
0: your special attention?
6: Don't you? What would you ask? So what do I tell the people
0: who say you don't exist? Tell them the world they see is just that. And sometimes that's
4: just the way it looks.
0: Starring Academy Award nominee David Strutheron and Brenton Thwaites.
4: We try to be good people, try to please you, and we need some answers. And where did you go? Do you have any idea how that feels?
1: An interview with God. Don't miss this exclusive event in cinemas nationwide for three nights only. August 20th, 21st, and
2: 22nd. For tickets and more information, visit fathomevents.com.
1: Buy yourself a car.
2: you're listening to jungle song is happy man okay it's time for your feedback uh if you listen to last wednesday's episode which if you didn't all the cory asbury references would be very much over your head so please go back and listen to it (laughs) well we got talking about uh kind of odd quote-unquote celebrity sightings that we've seen in real life you know i i live here in orlando i talked about seeing chris kirkpatrick and gene shorts at a mini golf place and a, a member jealous of o-town at the gas station and carrot top riding his vespa around winter park as he does as he does uh in a, in a tank top completely orange I think, with, I think eddie saw the guy from uh, police
6: academy at the grocery store yeah michael there. winslow yeah they're yeah, yeah, yeah. eating
2: breakfast or something yeah yeah, yeah. oh that's right yeah and breakfast. then uh you know and, and uh, Annie's in Nashville, just riddled with
4: C-list celebrities, um, just surrounded hey, by hey, them. Hey, by the way, you know the talk <laughs> of the, the town here, here in Loverland Virginia was, Beach. yeah, yeah. <gasps> this weekend, uh, I was, I was, uh, you know, I was at the gym at one point. And people were, people were a buzz, and they're like, "Hey, did you hear who's at the Cavalier? Who's staying at the Cavalier Hotel right now?" I'm like, "No, who? Kim and Kanye. Kim yes, and Kanye. I know wow. this. Are They in town uh, for the Pusha T's wedding." Yeah, like Trey Songs, uh, Kid Cudi, um, Pharrell was the Pharrell best was, man. Yeah, yeah, Pusha T got married. It's talk of the town. Talk, talk of the town. Talk of the town. The town. I was
3: talking my Facebook too for some reason. I have friends that are around there, I guess, that were yeah. part of the photography, like the, the photographer and the second shooter and all that stuff. And so I saw all the pictures. It's amazing. This I uh, about no. you, Jesse. This
2: feels like no. a situation where, like, I don't know, we might be staying in the hotel where a number of NBA celebrities would be staying mm-hmm. and playing. I don't know, like craps all night. Yeah. And, and <laughs> instead of going down and engaging or even seeing the famous players, you choose to go to bed at 9:30. Is this a situation? I
3: had,
4: I had to leave for the airport at 4:30. Virginia in
3: the morning. Beach is also teeming. Cameron. Every time you tell this story, I want you to know that the rest of us listening think you're the bad friend for not telling Jesse <laughs> that. His If you would have texted,
4: hey, (laughs) I I don't want to revisit, but if you would have texted me who was at the craft table, I would have come down. But I'm saying your city, your city
2: of Virginia Beach, the waterfront, you know the hotel, it's teeming with A-list music celebrities. Did
4: you actually see any of them or did you just, I don't know, go to bed early? No, I went on Twitter and oh I was God. like following people who were tweeting about it. And there was a lot of people that went to the hotel to try to see them and they had it on lock, like the, the reception area was on lockdown. No one that I know that went there and I do know people who went there actually got a glimpse. Right. So right. I I stayed in that night and I followed the action while watching Live PD, which is also follow on Twitter on Saturday nights. It's a fabulous community of you guys. I talked talk about Live PD. Right, really. no, It that? changes your weekend. What are you talking about? Live PD is like the red zone of cops. So what they do Wait. is there's these dudes in the studio, right? These these former Jesse, cops. Jesse, I watch
3: this Saturday night. Okay, as well. I love Live I PD. It's we're my weekend. About this. I I so I was
4: out uh, again on Sunday and I was hanging out with people and I was like, dude, I was watching Live PD. They're like you, you're a Live PD guy. I was like, I'm a total Live PD guy. So this is gonna revolutionize the guy your weekend. The
3: cowboy hat is kind of cute. He, yeah. what,
4: what, what
2: channel? <laughs> what what channel is? is this? Give so, me so context. Here's,
4: here it's it's on A and E and it's it's for it's four hours Blocks Friday and Saturday, night, and here's what they do. They have, I don't know if you've watched the NFL red zone, but they have guys in the studio yeah. who are like cops from around the country, like three of them. Yeah. They have cameramen embedded with police departments around the country, and they cut to them live as they're pulling somebody over or as they're responding to a situation or whatever. So you're watching live police stuff happen on TV for four hours. Yes. Annie, is it not the most thrilling? I
3: was in a hotel in Cape May, New Jersey, and it's the channel I stopped on, and it was incredibly (laughs) fascinating. It is a rush. Yeah, because they just keep going back and forth. I didn't realize that it was... This is dumb of me, Jesse, but... I didn't realize that that it was. I mean, I know it's called live, but I didn't realize they were actually going to live camera shots. You're yeah, teaching. it's live. It's live.
4: It's like, unbelievable. okay, we got a situation really f- unfolding right in awesome. Gwinnett County. <laughs> yeah. We have a shoplifting yeah, under
3: County, Georgia. That's what made me stop. Yes. Yeah, so like so the really great thing is, though, like, a lot
4: of
6: just cops like waiting around. Yeah, like, no, 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 no. Yeah.
4: They have so many. They have so many cameramen out there embedded. There's so, all. Trust me.
3: It's like a bunch of different cities, Chandler. like, yeah. they, have, oh, like okay. they went back and forth to like five or six different cities, and wow. every time a cop went to a new call, they went to that cop.
4: Yeah. So sometimes it'll be like sometimes there's like live chases. Sometimes like it's just like somebody who went to the Walmart checkout line and was only checking out every other item and like shoving it in their bag, and then you get to go live to the bust, and they are shocked. (laughs) They are shocked. But now it's gotten so popular, it's like it's like a phenomenon on Twitter on Saturday, Fridays, Saturdays. Live PD and Live Nation are top of the trending, and it's fun to follow along. I'm part of the Live Nation now. I I gotta
2: tell you, Andy F Downs, your little comment about the 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 cop with. But the cowboy hat being a little cute, a little bit secular. That
4: was a little bit
2: secular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. a
1: little secular.
4: He, he so, but the great thing is like. The, the show has become so popular. It's become like this weird, you know, underground pop culture phenomenon that criminals on the show will be like, oh, shoot, is this Live PD? They're like, <laughs> Live PD, what's up? And they're getting handcuffed. <laughs> Live PD! And you're like, alright, that was cool. Like, honestly... They broke the fourth wall. <laughs> he, I can't blame him. I can't blame him. He's kind of worth it. It was kind of worth, you, you know, want to possession the charge. Four hours, Jaywalking. Jesse? It's
3: four solid hours?
4: Saturday and Friday, 8 to midnight. Friday, Saturday night, at Live PD. Oh, Jesse, gosh. I have a feeling you're going to try and bait the in so you can get on live PD yourself. Oh, dude, dude. I. That's I,
3: why he won't go to Canada. He can't be out of town for a Friday or Saturday.
4: Yeah, I can't I can't risk not being not having my live PD moment. And I'm going to give way. If I get on live PD, yeah. I'm giving way to Chase. I'm going to give them the show of the <laughs> lifetime. You know, I know all the tricks. I've been watching it so it long. It would not be know? picked up by PureFlix is what you're saying. Oh, my, oh no, no, my, no. no, my, my, no my, my live PD moment would not just be a little bit secular. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's uh,
1: a, lot, a lot
4: of felonies. A lot of felonies. Will be committed
3: during my hour
4: of of glory.
3: So. Oh my God! That's how we got on. Jesse, I'm so glad we're talking about this. Here's what I need to remember in my life: every time I have an experience or see a show that I think no one will understand that I watch I this, I need to just come straight to you. I understand. Straight to you every time.
2: Uh, hey, so last week uh, the edit, because we were talking about those uh, D-list celebrity encounters or awkward celebrity encounters, we asked you, "What is your most awkward celebrity encounter?" You guys did not disappoint. You went to Twitter and hit us up, and you also posted on the podcast episode page. Here's a few of our favorites.
4: I like this one from Tom because Tom realized sometimes in life, you got to shoot your shot. You know what I mean? Like, opportunity comes, live PDs filming down the street. This is the moment to commit a felony. (laughs) (laughs) So, Tom is in college. He's working at a a steakhouse, (laughs) a high-end one in Minneapolis. And Keanu Reeves' band, remember he was in a band, (gasps) he played bass in a band called Dog Star. Dog Star had played in Minneapolis that night. And lo and behold, and by the way, this is around the time the first Matrix movie had been out. So... This is Pete Keanu right yeah. here. So, so Neo himself walks in to the steakhouse and, you know, he, but Tom's an employee, but he was like, look, this is too much of, uh, of an opportunity. The other thing about to know about Tom, the steakhouse employee at the time he was in Bible school and Cameron, you remember this we, we, uh, when, when the first Matrix came out, the Matrix was basically every sermon illustration in America oh, yeah. for like a month until gladiator you know? came out. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Nice. Yeah, it nice. went Braveheart. It went Matrix. Uh, uh, Matrix Gladiator. Gladiator. Yeah, just yeah. sermon Rings. series. Sermon. You think yeah. Lord of the Rings?
2: <laughs> Lord of the Rings has too much wizards. okay. Yeah, yeah, a lot of wizarding. Oh, that's a
4: little secular. <laughs> little, little bit, bit secular. Little uh-huh. too secular. A little bit <laughs> <Just> too much. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, hey, we're, hey, with our sermon <laughs>
2: illustrations, <laughs> we're fine with gore and violence. We are not okay with wizardry.
4: Okay, <laughs> yeah. there's a yeah. line. Yeah, it's fine with watching gladiators get maimed. Right. But uh, if if it's fictional wizardry, which, yeah. by the way, when I'm on live PD, I will assure you this yeah. witchcraft will be involved. You're
3: not <laughs> no. it.
4: It's going to be Fictional wizardry huh? will be a centerpiece of, of your. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, you've you got yeah. eight
3: hours every weekend. Surely you can get on the show.
4: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I really do what I can do. In but. Um, so, so he's like, dude, I gotta talk to him. So this is, this is the move that's kind of weird, but it worked, I guess. So Tom waited till Keanu got up from his steak dinner and went to the bathroom. So Tom went down there and just started washing his hands. And his plan was to stay at the sink and wash his hands until Keanu comes up. Sure enough, Keanu exits the stall, begins washing his hand. And, and here it's not just him saying, uh, you know, Hey, I'm a big fan of the matrix. He asked Keanu Reeves, was the character meant to be a direct parallel to Jesus in the Bible? He asked. He asked Neo that. He said really? that Keanu was actually very nice, um, and, but he kind of deflected, saying he would need to talk to the, the people who wrote, wrote it. Right? An actor is just yeah. saying
2: the, somebody else's words. It's
4: not like yeah. he knows the. But he said Keanu them. was like the nicest dude in the world. Can I tell one more Keanu Reeves story? Yeah, please. This happened to me when I was in college and it's secondhand. I was... We were goofing around. <laughs> we were goofing around when I... One night. Cameron, good. do you remember there was a road in Tulsa? I'm trying to remember what it was where people... They didn't have like a like a strip there, but they had a road like where... Memorial where Drive. like kids... Yeah, where kids would ride right up and down Memorial and kind of like, you know, wave to people oh, and do Memorial Drive thing, was the know? drag, of course. Yeah. Yeah, so I was on Memorial Drag one night with some people and we we're goofing around. There's a car next to us and I think it had... uh uh some some girls or something, and we were like looking out the window, kind of this is what you do on Memorial Drive in Tulsa, okay? The driver looks over to kind of like wink at him and we nail the car in front of us. I mean we yeah. obliterate it. <laughs> and and the trunk pops, okay? We I mean the trunk is broken and it pops. And, and no lie, there is like fifty license plates that come spilling out into the street. Whoa. So so the guy is like, Oh man and he's a, he's a youngish guy, and we ended up like helping him get his license plate back in the car because he didn't want to call the cops um and so well, we're, surely so so, so we're, he's trying to get friendly with us because he doesn't want my friend to call the cops for like insurance reasons and um so anyway, we end up giving him – this guy that we obliterated his car. We end up giving him a ride home because his car's not drivable. <laughs> so the guy is in the car with us, and he's like, you know, it's real awkward because we just – I mean, it's 100% our fault, and we really damaged his car because we were goofing around. And, but he, he just wanted us to not call the cops, so he tries to woo us with his coolest story. And he's like, dude, he goes, I used to be a help desk person for direct T V. And I would get calls from people helping set up their direct TV. Oh. Phone rings one day, surfery voice comes on. I look at the caller ID, it says K. Reeves. I helped Keanu Reeves set up his DirecTV. And we're like, alright dude, that is pretty awesome. That, is, that was like the coolest celebrity story I ever heard at the time. Don't know what happened to that guy. kind of wonder what happened. But, uh, I don't know what the deal with those license plate was. I just had, it, the scenario just struck me as something that's just better not to ask. Yeah. Plausible deniability. But
3: file so. it away and weird stuff that happens to Jesse Carey.
4: Yep. So. Alright, uh, we got one from
0: uh, Kyle. Um, we're going to do a little bit of a dramatic reading here. Oh, wow. <clears throat> Oh boy! I live about five minutes from a certain celebrity's house in Ohio and about
4: 15 minutes
3: I wanted you to use a different voice Daz you're just using your own voice <laughs> it's not that
4: dramatic yeah it's order. a little bit secular
0: yeah. <laughs> I live about five minutes from a certain celebrity's house there in Ohio go. and about 15 minutes from the local Chuck E. Cheese okay right away weird triangulation
4: from Kyle that's a strange waypoint <laughs> near where you live like when he's house shopping, that's the first right. thing he looks for. What's the closest local celebrity and what's the closest Chuck exactly. E. Cheese? We, we're, getting, <laughs> we're getting a very disturbing picture about the kind of person Kyle is.
0: Yeah. I remember in 2004, I was on my way to said Chuck E. Cheese with my aunt and cousin on a random Tuesday night. I'll be honest. I was a little too old to be going to a children's arcade for fun at this point. Kind of what I but thought the too. animatronic band is way too enticing to pass up. Okay. First of all, that's like the sixth, the best thing about any cheese ever. You know, they're gone
2: now. You're wrong. That's at least the third. That's a negative. That's a negative. But have you seen search on YouTube? The yeah, for people gone? who have, uh, there have been, there's this movement oh, of people oh, who dude, buy it's them so good. Yeah, and then program, and then program to like them to modern songs, songs stuff, to like yeah. rap incredible. songs and stuff. They are incredible. That's amazing. Seeing the old.
3: Can I watch that on YouTube? Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. that'd be something yeah, I can yeah, see on you
2: YouTube. it, like okay, just, to, I don't know what you would type in, but like uh Chuck E. Cheese band or something like that. Sure. And like, you'll see all the, them singing like modern Kanye songs and it is incredible.
0: Great. Yeah. The, the, the purge continues. So we pull into the parking lot, hop out of the car, and start walking up to the door when my cousin and I notice none other than Dave Chappelle walking out the front door. What? Yeah, I mean, of all people, right? What? Wow,
2: out of Chuck E. Cheese.
0: Yeah. Both being teenage boys, we recognize him instantly. He was clearly just trying to get out of there without causing a scene, which shouldn't have been too hard because we were the only ones there. All right, they're going to Chuck E. Cheese alone with their aunt and cousin. Kind of weird. That is weird. Um,
3: yeah, yeah. He
0: must have noticed us because he looked up, he gave a real life side eyes emoji, and then slowly put his finger to his lips and walked away. All right. Now, my question
4: to you guys who made it weird? Yeah. Who?
1: Yeah. Dave Chappelle
4: definitely made it weird. Like, if you're famous, if you're, I'm assuming because this is a long time ago, this is like pre him fleeing the country because of fame. Right. Right. You you remember, remember that when he like went to, I think he, yeah, went to Africa for like a year. He walked away from a show and everything. I think we're getting a little sense of why here. Uh, if he's if he's frequenting <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese's solo on the weekend and is trying to convince people not to down. tell anyone, I'm get, we're getting a strange picture of Dave Chappelle here.
2: Well, you know he I mean he did have children. I mean, they're older now, but I mean they they've had young children at the time. So But he's, so he's exiting oh, sitting so alone though. Yeah, but maybe his kids and, and wife are still in there. I don't know. And yeah.
1: surely
3: he thought that was as funny as we do. Like I bet he did that just to be funny.
2: Yeah, that's I the agree.
6: animatronic band is not from Chuck E. Cheese. It's from Showbiz, showbiz Pizza, Showbiz Pizza, which yeah. Chuck
2: E. Cheese bought. You re- you really know your pizza chains. I, we had Showbiz here in Central Florida in the '80s. I had a birth, my fourth birthday party at a Showbiz Pizza.
3: I had my birthday party at a Showbiz Pizza, Cameron. I loved it.
0: What was what was the best game at Showbiz Pizza?
3: Oh, skee ball,
2: no question. I see, I was a ball pit guy. That's
3: disgusting. Yeah. You know
0: what happened so back that? in the 80s,
3: we
2: didn't know it was disgusting. Dude, back in what, the 80s, what, it's What worse. made you a
3: ball pit guy? Did you just like to sit in it and relax and let people come talk to you? Or were you jumping in and out? I no. know, Jesse, you were. No, no.
4: You lay yeah, underneath sure. the balls. You lay in yeah. wait. You lie in <laughs> <and> wait. <laughs> That's right and then yeah. all of a sudden you hear other kids coming into your moment to like elements of surprise you're under the balls somebody accidentally touches you
2: they scream you jump up it's a whole thing it's great someone yeah,
1: died in the ball
3: get... pit yeah <laughs> <laughs> little boys are the worst little boys are the worst the you're the reasons yeah, I didn't get in the ball pit is because I was always scared that you were under
4: there there was like you You knew there was like six mischievous kids just lying under the ball pit oh for, for you. sure
3: I would see the kids from like my first grade class all the boys hop in the ball pit I was like nope we're gonna go make some Money over at skee ball.
4: In, in hindsight,
2: I'm remembering the showbiz workers, and they didn't exactly espouse a passion for their job. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that after they closed up each night, they weren't passionately cleaning the ball pit.
0: Right. You know. You don't. You in hindsight, to I'm be wondering sure, how I didn't
4: dear. catch something. You know, you like don't, you don't no, don't go well, the you extra You were building mile your immunity. You pit. are building your immunity. <laughs> kids today, that you know, the two don't yeah, exactly. We, you know, we, we we I never get sick. I, I'm I'm very healthy, and I I That's true. Attribute that to, uh, you know, not believing in hand washing for a long time, and uh, <laughs> oh, still visiting ball pits as an adult. It's I'm fine. <laughs> Exposure to all manner of germs.
3: Um, hey, I have a good one from Twitter. This is Andrew Cobb. He and a buddy were in a record store. And all these cameras started coming in, and so they were trying to act cool. And he looks, and it's Bill Maher and, like, some other dude, right? And so they're just filming in the record store. And then when they leave, he goes to the guy and says, Hey, what's that Bill Maher, the guy working at the store? And the guy's like, Yeah, and Jerry Seinfeld. And they were filming comedians in cars getting coffee, but he didn't recognize Jerry Seinfeld.
2: That's crazy. I think it's nuts.
3: I think I would recognize Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, you, you he always has on those tennis shoes. That would have been a... A, a clue for me. Remember
2: uh, when yeah. Joy Eggers was on the show, Jesse? Uh, she talked about yeah. how her neighborhood coffee shop in Portland, yep. uh, one was being filmed there, and she stalked it.
3: Who was it? Yeah. Was it? Um, it was the guy from Portlandia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, yeah
4: Fred, Armisen. Fred
3: Armisen. Fred Armisen. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see that show being filmed. I think that would be just awesome to watch them sit and talk in a coffee shop.
2: I love that it's on Netflix now, and not just
4: Crackle. Yeah, I'm,
1: yeah. I'm, I'm
3: yeah. Think about
4: that. <laughs> Je- Jessica had uh, <laughs> this is like a second-hand encounter it's actually kind of cool she lived in a small town in Alberta and there was rumors that Justin Bieber was staying in town it actually made the front page of the newspaper a rumor that Justin Bieber is in town made the front page of this Alberta <laughs> town what a quaint place up there I in Canada that. I wish I, I wish I could visit sometime uh, uh, Jessica worked at a lawn company it turned out the next day she cut the lawn of the house he was staying at I guess he had evidently gone by by then, but she was cutting around the campfire and she found one of Justin Bieber's guitar picks, which <gasps> she still has to this day. I would have eBay that thing right away. But good for you, Jessica. <laughs> Circumstantial evidence. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't know that he right, was the one. Right. Stomach. You
3: can't know. You yeah. can't know. Yeah. yeah.
4: Uh, it wasn't well, the paper, front she got page the, of paper, the, the... but
3: well, I would have I I I I flown right. <laughs> right
4: to Vegas and walked into Pawn Stars and said, you know, <laughs> Chumley, let's make a deal, friendo. Chumley, let's make a deal.
2: Uh, Angela Siler said on Twitter um, uh, that she helped Neil Patrick Harris look for resistance bands at her gym. Then a week later, oh. he was on the phone outside the gym's Pilates studio where she worked and watched her teach for a solid twenty minutes. She uh, may have tried extra hard to be amazing at her job that day. She also said when she was um, a freshman dance major, she was dancing or dashing from rehearsal to a performance and walked right past and locked eyes with Bill Nye, the science guy (laughs) who was speaking at her school that night. Um, He, uh, he saw the OMG look in her eyes. That's a little secular. And uh, winked at her. That's very secular. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: That's super secular. Yeah. I, I appreciate Dora. that
0: Neil story, too. You know, I appreciate someone who goes for the bands instead of the weights. Oh, he you likes know? the yeah, resistance, yeah. not the bulk.
4: Right. A little more tone. Yeah. He wants the strength, the bulk. not that's the bulk. A, That's a good
3: take from you, Mr. Men's Health. I appreciate that. That's a good thought. Uh,
4: Dora yep. had a, um, she was on a weekend getaway at Callaway Gardens. Does anyone know what Callaway Gardens is? Yes, she, of she, course. She, it's beautiful. What's Calloway? What is Callaway Gardens? It's in like form. a,
3: it's like a, uh, it is what it is. It's a, it's a big garden and like a retreat center. There's houses. It's in Georgia. It's beautiful.
4: So, anyway, she's, she's there and she goes into town um, with um, uh, her three year old and six year old kids. And uh, she goes to a bakery there. Who walks into the bakery with a dog under his arm, a tiny dog under his arm, but. Mr. Kirk Cameron himself. And obviously, Dara recognizes Kirk Cameron, but she thinks it's a more polite thing to do to act like she doesn't know who Kirk Cameron is. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) I guess like Kirk took notice of her daughters, uh, like fascinated with the dog. He came over and started letting her daughters play with the dog the whole time. She's like being friendly with him, but doesn't let on that she knows he's Kirk Cameron. Which good mm-hmm. on her and good on Kirk Cameron. I it kind of like shatters something. I wish Kirk Cameron was a horrible person in public. It turns <laughs> out he sounds like a great person, <laughs> like a great but guy. much more funny. It would be much more funny if he like was not cool at all. But good for you, Kirk.
2: Speaking of funny or, or good person, Amanda Covell said uh, she saw Forrest Whitaker at a QT once. QT is a mm. convenience store, quick trip, regional yeah. Quick Trip. Yeah, it stands uh, for
3: Quick Trip. That's right.
2: She says she didn't recognize him at first, but then he bought her and her friends drinks and told us to pay it forward. Uh, Amanda's mom still doesn't think she uh, doesn't believe her because she thinks famous people don't go to Quick Trip. (laughs) (laughs) Fair.
3: (laughs) And she (laughs) casually left out whether she ever paid it forward or not, which I think Amanda is something that we need to know. Yeah. Because we're now holding you accountable.
2: Yeah. Because if you don't, a little bit secular. (laughs)
4: <laughs> no, I, I don't believe in paying it forward. I always tell them when someone does something like that for me and says, pay it forward, I go, nope, the deed stops here. Thank you. I take my <laughs> I, for I, the go, me. I don't know what he's getting. I am your blessing. <laughs> this is a, I am your blessing. I receive. I receive. I receive your That's blessing. what I said. You're making it awkward for me because I, I have no idea what that person's ordering. Oh, uh, right. jo- Josh
2: Hernandez said his mom and sister were in uh, the D.C. airport on his birthday last year when they ran into Andre 3000 from Outcast. So, so his sis uh, sent a picture she took with him and then he responded that he's my favorite rapper. So Joshua's mom goes up to Andre 3000 and says, Mr. 3000, it's my son's birthday. Can I get an autograph for him? (laughs) And she got it. (laughs) I love it. It's Mr. 3000. That's the best mom thing (laughs) ever. So polite. Stacy Drake has a couple on Twitter. Uh, She says, I really regret not speaking to Wilford Brimley when I saw him eating moons over my hammy once at a Denny's in Seaside, California.
4: Oh, she, you, you only have one move, right? If you see Wilford Brimley at, at, da, Denny's. A, at, at Denny's, it's to walk up and go, you might be careful eating that. You don't want to get diabetes. <laughs>
1: she
6: said,
4: he said diabetes. Uh, Jesse, I will say Stacy has a, 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 a
2: good excuse for not going up to Wilford Brimley and uh, talking to him. Does she have diabetes? No, she went into labor and had to leave the restaurant. <laughs> Oh so, wow! Would a good wouldn't be excuse. cool?
4: Would it be cool if Wilford Brimley delivered her baby and demanded that he name her Wilford? That would be cool too. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. Stacy also said she once got Cheryl Crow's autograph while she was buying baby food and boxed wine at a Walmart in Kennett, Missouri, which is her hometown. What a what a combo! Of yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> baby food and boxed wine at a Walmart in Kennett, Missouri, and, uh, and 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 she says afterwards she just wished I had just let her enjoy her checkout in peace.
4: <laughs> you, you know, it's funny at Walmart. What, what? Where did you say what town was that called? Kennett, Missouri. Yeah, Kennett, Missouri. The Walmarts uh, there, they have an express lane just for people buying baby food and boxed wine. You just walk right through. I mean, it's... <laughs> oh, baby <laughs> food,
3: boxed wine, come on through. We
4: got gotcha. you. I like
3: how out. you had to confirm the city before you made the joke, Jesse. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. There. Yeah, yeah. I need,
4: to
2: get a, <laughs> a, I need to get a throw. I need to get a nice new accessory for the wall, something for the kitchen. I need a target run. I need baby food and boxed wine. That's a Walmart run. <laughs> right
1: yeah. There. Kingdom, Missouri. Yeah. No doubt. Hey, home. all right.
2: That'll do it for your feedback. There's a lot more where that came from. Go over to uh, uh, Twitter and check it out or uh, look at last Wednesday's, the Corey Asbury episode um, on relevantmagazine.com. Okay. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. <laughs> okay. For this question of the week, uh, you know, earlier we were talking about loafing, not lounging around but the idea of making food loaves,
3: creating loaves of food. (laughs) So we
2: want to know your best food loaf that you've ever made. the, The more original, the better. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing a dazzle do it in here. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Oh, I yeah. hear a dazzle, or at dazzle do the it very too. least
4: at the very least, Annie is the one like promoting the idea yeah. of loafing I'm a loaf things. Loaf promoter. I'm for sure. You're a loafing love <laughs> Annie. Annie's the only one who has knowledge of how even to make a do loaf. It? Is that what you're saying? I, uh, I, loaf think, I think Annie will need to bake the loaf
3: of choice.
4: For sure, choose. I'll do that.
3: No question.
2: All right, so 100%. we want we want to know your best loaf recipe or most, most creative loaf recipe. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcasts, or you can post your more elaborate recipes. And you can just give us they're... ideas.
3: We'll, you don't have to have measurements. We'll sort it out. Just tell us what would you like to see in a loaf?
2: Like a legitimate, you think this would be delicious situation. No, say
4: like, or or one you want to see Annie make. That's mine. It's going to be <gasps> yeah. like a okay. cod and cheddar cheese loaf or something. Just really oh. mix it up. Really stink up the kitchen. You,
3: your loaf request will not exceed my loaf abilities.
4: No, no, no. No, no, no. The deal is we pick, you loaf. That's
3: what I'm saying. You can't, you can't exceed my ability to loaf. You There's can no. ask whatever,
4: and I will loaf it. Oh, oh perfect, perfect. I
2: got gotcha. you. That's gotcha. a new tagline for this segment. We pick. You That's loaf. a new
3: tagline for my life.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, or you can, yeah, post over on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Well, many thanks to Lisa Gunger for joining us today. Um, her book, The Most Beautiful Thing I've Ever Seen, is out now. Also, make sure to check out her feature in the new issue of Relevant. You can see it online at relevantmagazine.com. You can also pick up the issue at newsstands nationwide. You can uh, also follow her at Lisa Gunger. well speaking of the new issue of Relevant uh, it, it's out now it, it features a ton of great content like Ethan Hawks in it uh, just I don't want to give it all the way go check it out you can view it all at relevantmagazine.com and you can subscribe today to make to uh, not miss an issue well on that note we'll wrap things up uh, welcome to to primetime uh, Tyler Daswick thank good you Good job. You did great one in the can you did excellent good job uh, I'm Cameron Strang <laughs> Tyler Daswick Jandler Strang
4: I'm Jesse Carey
3: And I'm Annie F. Downs.
4: We'll see you on Friday.
5: Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. I run
1: overseas, but you can't make up. You take the four, leave, go that Now I'm sleepwalking, so don't wake me up. I got everything, just the way I want
4: can you see that I'm gone? Can't you see that I'm gone? You don't know mushrooms go on plugs.
6: Relevant Podcast Network.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.